Good morning. Good morning. I am praying that you all are blessed by the fact that the Lord has allowed for us to see another Resurrection Sunday. And so wherever you are right now, could you do me a favor? Put your hands together. Give God praise because Jesus is risen from the grave. Let me try that one more time. Jesus is risen from the grave. Let me try that one more time. Jesus is risen. He's not dead. He is alive. He is alive. He is alive. This is ultimately the only reason why the church is able to gather because Jesus is alive. And because he is alive, you and I are able to bask in the newness of his resurrection. Wherever you are right now, I want you to do me a favor. If you are joining us on Facebook, YouTube, or engaging in our live chat room on our church website, welcome to St. Paul Online, our digital ministers and social media influencers are ready to engage you this morning. So do me a favor. If you're watching on Facebook, share on your personal timeline without starting a separate watch party. We want to make sure everybody stay in the same chat stream. You can also tag whoever you want to invite to your post. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to our channel. We want to get up to 1,500 people before this year is out. And text this link uh, to your personal network. And if you're in our chat room on our church website, click on the invite button in your chat window and share this experience with others. We pray that for all of you all who are joining us, not only in the Charlotte-Mecklenburg area, but across this country and even around the grove, uh, we pray that these services will be a blessing to you. Uh, Reverend James Bernie is going to come lead us in our worship experience. And so if we could, let's prepare our hearts and minds to worship our God in spirit and in truth. Good morning, disciples. Good morning, disciples. It is Resurrection Sunday. And we come to celebrate a risen Savior. Wherever you are, whether you're in your living room, your dining room, you ought to stand on your feet this morning and give God glory. You ought to stand on your feet and give God praise. We've come to celebrate a risen Savior. The Lord is alive. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive. And because he's alive, we've come to worship him. Let's worship him in spirit and in truth.
y'all, but I want to celebrate the fact that he does live. He's alive. He's alive. I don't know about y'all, but I feel good this morning. Just knowing that I had a Savior that died for me, we ought to celebrate that. We ought to be excited. We ought to be excited about being here this morning in the house of worship on this Easter Sunday morning because he lives. He lives. Now, we're looking at our Facebook and YouTube channel, and I'm curious to know where everybody's watching us from. Let us know what city and what state you're watching us from so that we'll know who we have with us this morning. Amen. Our scripture this morning is coming out of John, Gospel according to John, the 20th chapter, and we're going to begin at the first verse. And it reads, now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciples whom Jesus loved and said to them, they have taken away the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. Peter therefore went out and the other disciple and they was going to the tomb. So they both ran together and the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. And he stooping down and looking in saw the linen clothes lying there. Yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb and he saw the linen clothes lying there and the handkerchief that had been around his head not lying with the linen clothes, my Lord, but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who had came to the tomb first went in also and he saw and believed the word of God for the people of God. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Gracious Father, we thank you today. We thank you for allowing us to see another Resurrection Sunday. God, we thank you, God, for when we look back over what this day represents, God, we can't help but to give you glory, God. We thank you on this morning, God, that you allowed us to be a part of your plan, God. We thank you on this morning, God, so had it not been for this risen Savior, Lord, that we wouldn't even be here right now, God. So, Lord, on this day, we want to honor you. We want to give you glory. We want to give you praise, God. So we invite you, Lord, to have your way, God, in this place. Have your way, God, within our members, God, wherever we are, whether we're on the couch, whether we're in the kitchen, whether we're in the bedroom. Oh, God, I pray you shake us up this morning, God. Shake us up this morning, God. Breathe upon us, God. Awaken us. Quicken our spirit, God, that we might truly worship you, God. Oh, God, we pray in the name of Jesus, God, that whatever may have us bound, whatever may have us trouble, Whatever may have us down this morning, God, we pray, God, you lift us up. Touch our spirit, God. Touch our hearts, God. Touch us, God, in ways, God, that we have not imagined, God. Oh, God, on today, God, have your way, God, in us, God. Have your way, God, in us, God. Have your way, God, in us, God. Shake us, mold us, God, that we might hear from you this morning, God. Oh, God, we thank you. We thank you for what we know you will do. We thank you, Lord, 
Thank you for a risen Savior, Lord. Thank you this morning, God. Have your way, God, in this place. We bless you in the name of Jesus, God. In the name of Jesus, we pray, God. The risen one, God. In his name, God, we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen.
Jesus is alive, is he not? He is alive. He is alive. Amen. Happy Easter. He is risen. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. Hallelujah. We praise the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, this morning. I want to greet you in the same way that he greeted the disciples. Peace be with you because we have peace because he has conquered it all, my friends. We have peace because he has conquered it all. Now, uh, this uh, this morning, right now, we will we will go into an impact moment that will talk specifically about the power of the resurrection. Um, this impact moment being one a message for the kids, uh, me, Reverend Peyton C, being a children and youth pastor here uh, to deliver this. And um, man, I just want to thank you guys real quick for all the prayers and the just many blessings and thanks. Um, I am a married man this Sunday, so thank you. Thank you so much for, for your support and, uh, and for, for your awesome, uh, just awesome well wishes. I really appreciate that, and I know Taylor does as well. So this morning, uh, I want to speak to us that on this subject. The title is, The Scars Tell the Story. The Scars Tell the Story. A memory verse today comes from John chapter 20. Um, I'll be reading from verse 27 in the New International Version, which says this. Then he said, he being Jesus, said to Thomas, put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. The bottom line for us today, guys, is believe in the power of Christ. Believe in the power of Christ. My question for you this morning, guys, is have you ever had a really, really cool scar Have you had a scar that you've had on your body or just somewhere from maybe being a wound or a burn or a sore that it's healed in such a certain way that you can you can still see it on your body? I have a couple of scars myself. I have one that you can't see now because I'm wearing a dress shirt, but it's on my chest. And it was from uh, climbing the fence, the white picket fence at my house. And while I was climbing it, I slipped off the top of the fence and I cut my chest on the top of that picket. And you can still see some of the remnants of that scar. Now, another one, some of the other scars that I've had, some of them are a little bit cooler and don't come from some of my mistakes. (laughs) But another one was from one that has healed since I had gotten it. But one was from the beach where I remember body surfing in the waves and this wave that I was riding ended up falling and breaking right on top of me as I was riding the wave in and it pushed me down onto the surface below the water and I hit my the side of my face and cut my cheek on the seashells that were there on the shoreline and that left a pretty nasty scar. Now, one scar I still have is from cutting the grass and that one here is on my elbow. As I was cutting the grass, I was using my dad's lawnmower and the lawnmower got stuck from all the grass that got inside of the blades. And I cleaned out, I was cleaning out the grass from the blades and I moved the mower back. And as I moved the mower back to get underneath it, my left elbow hit the exhaust pipe of the mower. And that, my friends, did not feel good at all. It, it hurt a lot, okay? And may not have said some great words, but okay, it hurt, all right? And it left a scar, and it left a pretty nasty scar on my elbow, and you can still see the outline. Now, maybe you have some scars in your life and on your body from, could be from falling off a bike, 
You could have gotten a scar from maybe a surgery that you've had. Or you could have gotten one from being burnt, maybe by a fire that you were, you know, cooking some, roasting some marshmallows at. Or maybe from touching the stove when mama said not to touch it because it was a little too hot to touch. Regardless of how you got your scars, they can be pretty cool, can't they? They have a story to tell. Usually every scar has a story that comes with it that could be funny, it, it could be sad, it could just be something that maybe gives us the ability to talk with others about what has happened to us. Because you see, we can tell others where we've been or what's happened to us in our past that these scars help us remember. Sometimes it can be a funny story, or, and, and then other times it can be a little bit more painful for us to tell other people and might have some tears that come with it. Although these scars might have hurt when we've gotten them, we can use them to tell an awesome story now. One that says we survived. We survived. Although it left its mark, we are still alive. We may be bruised. We may be broken. We may be scarred by people or circumstances that have hurt us in our life. See, these are scars as well. Things we have suffered through. But guys, you want to know something cool? Man, after Jesus died, he had some pretty nasty-looking scars, too. These scars remained on Jesus' body while he was in the grave. But we are comforted in knowing that Jesus didn't stay in the grave for long. After three days, Jesus rose from the grave with what? With all power in his hands. He used his scars to show people that God had the power to overcome sin and death, to defeat them, to give the victory these, had, these scars had the power to tell others that they needed to believe, too, in the awesome redeeming power of Jesus Christ to make all things brand new. Guys, our bottom line again, we need to believe in the power of Christ. Let's look again at our verse for today, guys. Jesus is speaking to one of his disciples named Thomas. Poor guy often gets called Doubting Thomas, and we'll see here a little bit why. Again, it says, Then Jesus said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. You see, guys, Jesus specifically appears to Thomas here in the passage that we're reading today. But before he appears to Thomas, he had appeared to all of the disciples. He went and visited them while the disciples were hiding out. They were scared and they were afraid for what the Jewish authorities were going to do to them because they still wanted to preach the name of Jesus. They had preached it while he was alive and they were thinking about how to preach it after he had died. But they were scared because this leader that they had followed, to them, he was dead. To them, he was still in the grave. But while they had the door locked as they were scared and afraid, Jesus appears to them and he says, peace be with you. Peace be with you, Jesus says. And he tells them, he shows them his hands. He shows them his side because we know that when Jesus was crucified, the soldiers, they put nails in his hands and they put, um, they put nails on his feet. Um, to, to nail him to the cross. But we also know too that they stuck him with a spear just to see if he was still alive. And he was able to show them these scars. He was able to show them what had happened to him. And so after they had, after they had seen these scars, man, they believed, right? They saw Jesus' scars and they knew, man, this is the one. This is our leader. We saw him up on that cross. We knew that he had died. And now we see him here in the flesh 
But man, Jesus knew that he had to appear to one more disciple, one more that did not believe that Jesus was still alive, even when his friends, the other disciples, told him that Jesus was still alive. Thomas said, man, I need to see it for myself. I need to see, I need to see his hands. I need to see his side. I need to see it for myself. And I wonder, guys, how many of us are like the disciples or like Thomas, where we need to see proof that Jesus is still alive. We need to see proof. We need to see something, some kind of evidence. We need to see something that tells us that our Savior is a living Savior, that he is not still in the grave, but that he is alive. My friends, I want to tell you that all we have to do is to look at how Jesus has used the scars, not just in our own life, but in the lives of other people. How he has taken the way some people have been broken, have been bruised, have been wounded around us, and how he has changed their life and has changed it for the better. I stand before you today, kids, with an example and a testimony that Jesus brought me through depression and anxiety and through suicidal thoughts, and out on the other side I came. And that is the power of Jesus. Because kids, if we're to believe in a living Savior, man, I want to tell you that we believe in a Savior that does not leave us the same. We look around at our family and our friends and we can see that there's something different about them. And maybe you've noticed something different about you too after you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You see, guys, while Jesus was alive, he loved he had the power to heal and to, and to give sight to the blind. And he performed all of these miracles, yet the disciples still doubted that Jesus was who he said he was. But man, when Jesus appeared, they, they had the proof. This was the same one that had died for them. This was the same one that held all redeeming power in his hands. They could see the nails. They could see his side. And they knew that, man, this was the man that died for my sins. This was the man that died so that he could forgive me and so that I could live for him. So guys, our scars, man, they tell a story. And when people see the new you, man, I hope they see that you have changed by the power of Jesus Christ. Let that be your testimony because just like God used the scars of Jesus to be a testimony to Thomas and to the other disciples, he can use yours to preach to the rest of the world the beauty of the resurrection, the beauty of Jesus Christ who has the power to make all things new. Believe in this power, guys. Let's bow our heads and close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you so much. I thank you for your awesome redeeming power this morning, God. I thank you that we serve you, a Savior that is still alive, that is still living that is not dead, that is not in the grave, but is living God. And we have a testimony because of that. God, I thank you for your testimony that when you appear to the other disciples, they saw you and they believed. Help us to stop doubting and believe this morning, to believe in the power that has changed others and that has changed us too. We love you, Lord. And in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you guys. I love you all. Happy Resurrection Sunday. Come on, let's give God praise. Thank you, um, Reverend C, for uh, sharing in this moment. Uh, for all of those who have just joined us, I want to say happy Resurrection Sunday. We take wonderful delight in all of you who are 
joining us as far as this time to celebrate the mere fact that the God we serve is alive through Jesus Christ. And as we gather in this place and this space to celebrate and commemorate his resurrection, it's the only reason that the church is in existence in the first place. So what I want to do is I want to just go over a few things that we have coming up as far as this week is concerned and uh, move forward as far as our worship experience is concerned. Um, I want to say that 53 years uh, ago on this day, um, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. And when we think about what God did through him, uh, we are also reminded of the fact that God allows for his dream, his work, to continue to permeate as far as this generation is concerned. My wife, Pierre, also reminded me this morning that this is the anniversary of her baptism. And so I celebrate and commemorate that. And that is a sign of resurrection as well. Who would have thought, Sister Evelyn, that we would still be in a pandemic mode a year later? Last year, this time, I remember the sermon I preached, a resurrection faith in a pandemic situation. And I would have thought that we would have been in that situation maybe two or three months at the most. And it's been over a year. And yet I want to commend the St. Paul Church. I want to commend our teachers in Sunday Morning Live. I want to commend our music ministry. I want to commend our um, media ministry for the hard, diligent work they've been doing over this last year and a few weeks. Uh, it has been hard and draining, but yet you all make it look so easy. So I want to thank you. And I celebrate your work and your diligence as far as that's concerned. How much longer are we going to be? I'm not sure. But I am hoping, as the evangelist prophet, uh, Sister Rhonda White said, we won't be here next year. Amen. Amen. We won't be here next year. So listen, I want to thank you for <clears throat> your contributions as far as our work is concerned. Our food pantry served 182 families this past week. We also want to give a major shout out to our sister churches, Friendship Missionary Baptist Church and Antioch Baptist Church for their contributions toward our food pantry. So if you see any persons that are part of that church, those churches, just thank them on our behalf for their generosity. Following this morning's worship service at 1230, our children and youth will host a Zoom Easter program and the login information has been shared with the families. This Tuesday, this Tuesday at 6, uh, April the 6th at 7 o'clock, we're going to have our monthly church check-in. I look forward to you all joining us as far as that's concerned, give you some updates, let you all know how we're doing, and uh, whatever questions you may have, you may join us as far as that time is concerned. Also, just want to mention that on Sunday, April the 18th, Sunday, April the 18th, we will be celebrating our church's 121st anniversary. Give God praise. 121 years of being on the battlefield for the Lord. Our guest preacher for that day will be my classmate who I did my doctoral work with, the Reverend Dr. W. Franklin Richardson, the senior pastor of the Grace Baptist Church in Mount Vernon, New York. He is a gifted preacher and pastor, and he's going to bless us as far as the word is concerned. Also, 
want to let you know that we are also making preparations as far as our women's weekend is concerned. The women of Worth would like to invite all the ladies of St. Paul, along with the guests who share with us online through our worship services and midweek Bible studies to share in virtual women's weekend with the theme, This is Our Exodus, Friday, May the 14th to Sunday, May the 16th. Friday will be a Zoom prayer call at 6 p.m. Saturday, they will host the First Ladies Tea, which will all be attended virtually. If you register online by April the 19th on the church website starting today, you will be able to receive your special women's tea packet from the church on May 1st when they will collect undergarments for women in need in partnership with a Giving Heart Foundation for their annual outreach project. Then on Sunday morning, join online for the Women's Day Worship Experience. Our guest speaker for the tea and the Sunday worship is the Reverend Dr. Susan Johnson Cook, uh, better known as Sujay. Uh, she uh, had the wonderful privilege of being the ambassador at large for international religious freedom uh, under uh, President Barack Obama. And so, sisters, we want to make sure you start registering for this wonderful weekend. And, of course, we will have sisters who will be leading us as far as that worship experience is concerned. Amen. So we pray that you all will govern yourselves accordingly. As we make a shift right now to lift up prayer concerns, um, the family of Brother Disciple Thomas Bird, the uh, husband of Disciple Jeanette Bird, he will be funeralized here on tomorrow. The quiet hour will start at 11 and the services will be at noon. The family of Brother Disciple Donna Cuffey, the husband of Disciple Don, uh, Donna Cuffey, his arrangements are pending. The family of Geolicia Stone, the sister of Disciple Algernon Williams, her final arrangements are pending. Uh, Brother Algernon, who's one of our board members, is down in Atlanta with the family right now. The family of Brother Frank McClendon, the uncle of Disciple John McClendon, his final arrangements are pending. And then the family of Brother David Crenshaw, the husband of Disciple Doris Crenshaw, his final arrangements are pending as well. We also want to lift up the family of Deacon Alonzo Pettis, who was funeralized here yesterday as far as uh, his works were concerned, and he would definitely be missed. We want to lift up the family of Sister Disciple Charlene Heron, the family of Brother Leroy Heron, the family of Sister Margaret Massey, uh, and the family of Sister Beatrice J. Harris. Um, these are families who have experienced loss and grief, and we want to cover them in our prayers, knowing that God can do anything but fail. This is the first time in a long time, over a year, that I've had two of our associates assisting me. Uh, so I'm going to ask that uh, Reverend, well, Minister Jeffrey Stevenson will come. He will take us to the throne of grace and then we will continue on with our worship experience. Let us look towards heaven. Dear Heavenly Father God, we come before you right now just to say thank you, God. Thank you, God, for just being who you are. God, we thank you on this resurrection morning. Many are looking at pictures of an empty tomb, God, but I believe that 
In that empty tomb, we find salvation. In that empty tomb, God, we find hope. In that empty tomb, we find forgiveness. And in that empty tomb, we also find love. God, we know right now that even though the tomb is empty, that those who are mourning right now can find hope there. Hope, God, that even though their loved ones may not be here anymore, that they can place their hope on you. Because though you are not there, you are still with us. And because you are with us, God, we we are able to lean on you during these moments of grief, during these moments of trying times. So, God, if you would, please wrap those loved ones in your arms, God, and let them know that, that though the tomb may be empty, that you're still there with them. As they cry out in the midnight hour, God, looking for those who are no longer there, be with them, God. For those who are are dealing with health conditions, God, we still know and we still trust that by your stripes that we are continually healed. So heal this morning, God, in only a way that you can, God. Go to the hospitals and just be a, a comfort to them today. God, in this world that we're still dealing with a pandemic, we know that you're still an able God. So just continue to take care of your people, God. Continue to just wrap us up, God, and just show us love, God, and just be there for us. Because we know that even though we still have to maintain distance, that we can celebrate the fact that you're a God who's still with us. There is no six feet that you have to stand back from us. Be with us, God. We just thank you. It is in your son's name that we do pray and give thanks. Amen. 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 If you believe that God is answering your prayer, can you celebrate and give God praise right now? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Minister Stevenson. As we prepare to move forward, a great response as far as worship is concerned is connected to our giving. Today is Resurrection Sunday, the first Sunday of April. And as you prepare to give... I want you to take note that if you feel led to give a special sacrificial offering as far as Resurrection Sunday is concerned, but also I want to put on your hearts that on our church anniversary to prepare to give $121, $1 each year for the existence of the St. Paul Church. And so as we move forward as far as today's giving is concerned, uh, we ask that you will take note of the fact that God has done something that no one ever thought would be possible. He got Jesus up from the dead. So as we prepare to give, there are three ways you can give here at St. Paul. The first way you can give is by sending your check or money order to the church at 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte 28205, or bring check, cash, or money order to the church Call the church to make sure that someone is here to receive your offering at 704-334-5309. The second way you can give, of course, is through our website, through ACS or Church Life. Then the third way you can give is through the app called Givelify. If you don't have that app on your smart device, download that app to your smart device, connect it to your favorite credit card, and in three clicks, you can give. So as we prepare to give, if you are able... 
If you would take your offering, however you're giving, put it in your right hand. We want to give God what's right, not what's left. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we come right now and we thank you for the wonderful opportunity to partner with you as far as your work, your word, your witness, and your worship are concerned. And God, as we give, we do not do it grudgingly or out of necessity. We do not do it looking for it to be some type of genie lamp. But God, we do it out of love and obedience. We do it, God, because you first gave to us. And the resurrection is validation of that giving. Lord, we pray right now that you would take these gifts of ours, that you will multiply them in a Godful way so that we can continue to do what you would have for us to do through this location known as the St. Paul Church, through the tribe of the St. Paul Disciples, through the fellowship of this wonderful congregation. Bless now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you would go ahead and give and uh, put your hands together as our Delta Ensemble blesses us with the Samonic Selection.
if you would turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, starting at verse 20. And I'll read through verse 34. While you're at it, just, just marinate in what our adult ensemble has blessed us with this morning. First Corinthians chapter 15, starting at verse 20, these words are printed. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. But each one in his own order. Christ the first fruits after those who are Christ at his coming. Then comes the end when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father. When he puts an end to all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that will be destroyed is death. For he has put all things under his feet. But when he says all things are put under his feet, it is evident that he who put all things under him is accepted. Now when all things are made subject to him, then the Son of Man will also be subjected to him who has put all things under him, that God may be all in all. Otherwise, what will they do who are baptized for the dead, if the dead do not rise at all? Why then are they baptized for the dead? And why do we stand in jeopardy every hour? I affirm by boasting in you, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord, I die daily. If in the manner of men I have fought with beasts at Ephesus, what advantage is it to me if the dead do not rise? Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we'll die. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Awake to the righteousness and do not sin, for some do not have the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. I want to preach for the time that is mine, rising to the occasion, uh, rising to the occasion. The events that we celebrate on this day, when the women made their way to the tomb are astounding, astonishing, and amazing because it signifies a cosmic shift in how you and I can face a chaotic world, a crazy reality, finicky folks, insulting enemies, declining health, eroding finances, shaky relationships, oppressive systems, 
COVID-19 and distorted identities. The mere fact that we are gathered here at the St. Paul Church and we shout hallelujah, he is risen, is more than just intellectual assent or some type of fantastic illusion. It is the faith proposition which we must be willing to stake our lives. Jesus is not dead. Jesus is alive. If Jesus is not alive, if Christ is not risen from the grave, then we just need to go ahead and close up shop right now. Uh, praise team, stop your singing. Preachers, stop your sermons and your prayers. Church, stop your gathering. Let's call it a, dra a day. Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we shall die. If Christ is not risen from the grave, then salvation is incomplete. Redemption is not satisfied. Faith is useless. Hope is hopeless. Prayer is pointless. Judas was smart to betray him. Peter was right to deny him. The disciples were right to abandon him. The soldiers were correct to kill him. Calvary is a joke. Death has a powerful sting. The grave still has the victory. And the devil has the last word. But aren't you glad this is not our reality? God has raised Jesus from the dead. And the reality of the resurrection is demonstrative of the power of our sovereign God, the presence of our personal Christ, and the peace of our prevailing Holy Spirit, which strengthens our fragile and frail humanity when the storms of life try to wipe us out. We don't come together on today to live a legend or to be mesmerized by a myth or to follow a fantasy, or to introduce an illusion. We are here because Jesus has done something that no other person in human history has ever done. He who was dead got up from the dead never to die again. Therefore, you must understand theologically that there's a difference between restoration and resurrection. There has only been one resurrection, and that is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But there have been a whole lot of restorations. What's the difference? When someone is restored, they're brought back to this life, but they will have to die again. But when you've been resurrected, you are expected to never taste the sting of death anymore. The widow at Nain had a son who was restored back to this life, but he had to die again. Jairus' daughter was restored back to this life, but she had to die again. Lazarus had been dead for four days and Jesus called him from the tomb and he was restored back to this life. And that was a major miracle in and of itself. But Lazarus had to die again. But when Jesus died and God raised him from the dead on that third day morning, 
he would not ever have to die again. Jesus accomplishes something that has never been done in the history of the cosmos. When the skepticism of the Sadducees scoffed at the idea of the resurrection, Jesus overcame that issue. When the Pharisees plotted with the political powers that be to prevent his prophecy from being fulfilled, Jesus overcame that issue. When the hostile spiritual forces known as the devil, death, and the grave form an anti-trinity, entering an unholy alliance to prevent Jesus from keeping his word, Jesus overcame that issue. The grave could not hold him. Death could not keep him, and the devil could not defeat him. This is why we have a Lord and Savior who has the inherent capacity to rise to the occasion. This phrase, rise to the occasion, basically means when facing a challenging situation, you and I find the intestinal fortitude to overcome it with the best of our ability, even when you have to do something that has never been done. This fits the resurrection of Jesus perfectly because Jesus was faced with the challenging situation of overcoming death atoning for our sins, defeating the devil, and empowering us to live an abundant life in the here and now. As Paul pins these words to the church at Corinth, he firmly believes that the resurrection of Jesus Christ gives the promise of victory in God. When God raised Jesus from the dead, God took sides. God took truth over lies. God took good over evil. God took love over hate. God took life rather than death. God took liberation despite oppression. God took freedom despite slavery. God took holiness over hype. God took salvation instead of destruction. God took resurrection instead of termination. The resurrection ushers in a new, bold, vibrant reality, empowering us not to get stuck in apathy, trapped by mediocrity, lost in obscurity, and defeated by negativity. Uh, I'm appreciative of how Dr. Leonard Sweet uh, poses this phenomenon when he says that the resurrection is not a doctrine about Jesus, but that the resurrection is the ongoing life of Jesus. In other words, Jesus ain't dead. Jesus is not in a grave. Jesus is not hidden. Jesus is not an idea. Jesus is not positive philosophy. Jesus is not some traditional fantasy lacking merit and meaning for our today. Jesus is alive. It does not matter how much the world has changed. It does not matter the fact that we're dealing with another Easter in a pandemic situation. It does not matter how, how savvy we are technologically. It does not matter how scientifically smooth we are. It does not matter how intelligent our reasoning. It does not matter how insightful our thinking. It does not matter what the culture says. 
churches worldwide have been telling the same story with the same conclusion for nearly 2,000 years and it's going to be just as meaningful and just as powerful 2,000 years from now. Jesus is alive. This carries significant weight not only in the annals of time, but in the chambers of, of eternity. That's why the choir sung the song this morning, Our Server is a Savior. He's in the world today. I know that he is living. Whatever men may say, I see his hand of mercy. I hear his voice of cheer, and just the time I need him, he's always near. He lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me a long life narrow way he lives he lives salvation to impart you ask me how i know he lives he lives within my heart but i want to suggest to you that he lives in more than just my heart he lives because he is at the right hand of god the father he lives because he looks down and sends his spirit into the world to govern our reality he lives because the devil thought he had defeated him he lives in a bodily resurrected body there's no need for us to worship if jesus is dead but thanks be to god he is risen from the dead and if you want to deny the power of the resurrection if you want to dismiss the reality of the resurrection, if you want to short circuit your ability to experience abundant life in the here and now, if you deny the resurrection, you deny the power of God to move in your daily circumstances and be able to make a way out of no way. I want to suggest that this resurrection, this understanding of resurrection, this appreciation of resurrection is what sets Christianity apart from Judaism, Islam, Mormonism, Hinduism, Confucianism, Jehovah Witnesses, and Buddhism. Our religion, our faith, our hope rises and falls on the resurrection of Jesus Christ. As Paul addresses this matter, he's writing the crowd uh, at Corinth that had issues with the idea of resurrection. Some in the church at Corinth did not believe in the resurrection of the dead because that's how the Greeks viewed it. You must understand that Corinth is a city of Greece, which means this was a prevailing thought when it came to the resurrection. They believed in a spiritual resurrection, but not a bodily resurrection. They believed in afterlife, but not resurrection. But Paul kept pressing this claim about Jesus. Paul knew that the implications of the resurrection for those who believe in Jesus Christ will allow for them to do stuff they thought they never could do. I want to raise this interrogative just for the time that is mine. What are the implications of Jesus's resurrection for us today? I want to submit to you a few things and then I'll be out your way. First of all, Jesus's resurrection has led to the defeat of our ultimate enemy, death. When we see this in verses 20 through 22, you, in order to appreciate the resurrection, you go to go back to a time when the Bible gives us 
insight about why we got to experience resurrection in the first place. Because in the Garden of Eden, uh, the death element was introduced into the human equation because of the disobedience of our biblical foreparents, uh, Adam and Eve. Their disobedience exposed the entire human race to death. Death is a result of sin. Death is the outcome of disobedience. Death is the negation of our ultimate and primary purpose. You and I were not originally created to die. We were created to live, but death jacked that up. So you must develop a new meaning of reality in the midst of dying. If you remember the story, Adam and Eve were told not to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because the moment that happened, death would enter into the human equation. Creation became perverted. Everything that God had created became turned upside down. We are told that the first Adam disobeyed God. However, Jesus is the second Adam. And him being the second Adam, in his perfect obedience, he defeats death. While all of us will eventually have to die a physical death as long as the Lord tarries, for those of us who have a relationship with Jesus Christ, one day death is going to have to deal with us. I think I just said something. You miss your shout cue. I said even though all of us ultimately will have to die a physical death. That one day death is going to have to deal with us. And it is through Jesus that you and I no longer have to be afraid of death terminating our existence. This is because Jesus is known as the second Adam or the last Adam. And he shows us how the first Adam should have lived. The first Adam introduced death. The second Adam conquered death. The first Adam ushered in sin. The second Adam did not sin. The first Adam gave into temptation. The second Adam overcame temptation. The first Adam listened to a snake. The second Adam cut off the head of the snake. The first Adam severed our relationship with God. The second Adam restored our relationship with God. The first Adam caused us to fall. The second Adam reversed the curse of the fall. The first Adam ate of the fruit of a tree. The second Adam gave his life on a tree. The first Adam got put out of the garden. The second Adam returned us back to the garden. The first Adam died and waits for the resurrection. The second Adam lives because he is the resurrection. In the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, who is the last Adam, we have been returned back to the garden, restored in right relationship with God the fall has been reversed how do I know that Jesus completed his mission because we're told that on that Sunday morning when Mary shows up at the tomb she thought she was looking at a gardener this means that she did not even recognize Jesus because the very body that was desecrated and devastated on Thursday night his whips the scars from the crown of thorns 
were no longer prevalent and she did not recognize him as being the condemned criminal that was placed on a cross and in that tomb on a Friday evening. Something had happened to the body that had been raised from the dead. This is a word for anyone who has been within the reach and the grasp of death. When you are in Christ and when you emerge from situations that could have, that should have, that would have killed you, there will be folks who won't recognize you because you're living from a resurrected perspective rather than a restored reality. Preach Robert Charles Scott. That, that, that's why you can't do things. Uh, that's why you can do things everybody else can't because you're not afraid of death anymore and you can't kill something that's already dead. Something else that I want you to understand that because Jesus rose to the occasion... The Savior's sovereignty has been substantiated beyond the cemetery. Mm, that's, that's expressed in verses 23 through 29. But I got to do a little backtracking to, to connect these dots. At, at Corinth, they, they, they had this practice of baptizing dead folks uh, so that they could be resurrected. But if there's no such thing as the resurrection, why you want to baptize dead folk. Well, one of the things that Paul had to help them to understand is that how they viewed resurrection was vastly different than how he viewed resurrection. You had the Greeks who did not believe in what is called a bodily resurrection, but they did believe in the afterlife. Therefore, for them, the afterlife was a spiritual reality where they had been freed from the body because the Greeks believed that the body, the flesh, was a prison of the spirit. It was an old spirit with no body just hanging out in some ethereal reality. But as Christians, we know there will be a bodily resurrection because Jesus was bodily resurrected. I'm trying to teach y'all good doctrine here. So for them, the afterlife is resurrection. But for us, the resurrection is more than just an afterlife. Everybody is going to have an afterlife, but not everybody going to have a resurrection. Because remember, the dead in Christ shall rise. Resurrection is more than just an afterlife or where you're going to spend eternity. It is the ability to start living in eternity even though you and I are creatures of time. You have rightfully concluded that the things you see are temporal, but the things you can't see are eternal. Your outward body, my sisters and brothers, 
is decaying, but your spirit person is being renewed day by day. There is something beyond the cemetery. There is something beyond the graveyard. There is something beyond the coffin. That is that God has promised you a resurrected body. Again, I say, not wings. You ain't going to be an angel. You won't get any angel wings, but God has promised you a resurrected body that will be able to stand and be able to bask in the glory of our God. One more thing I need to drop on you is that finally, because Jesus was able to rise to the occasion, he has empowered us to rise above situations that will usually take us out. That's, that's, that's demonstrated in verses 30 through 34. When you have the blessed assurance of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, you can face situations where you typically would have thrown in the towel. Paul alludes to some of these hardships he faced when he was engaging in the work of ministry. I want you to know ministry is hard work. Ministry is dangerous work. There aren't any earthly guarantees of success. That There aren't any guarantees that what you're doing is making a difference. And the pay ain't that great if you're getting paid. Criticism is always abound. Folks will plot your downfall. People will dig ditches daily. The work of the kingdom is not for the faint in heart. I've discovered you're going to get bloody. I've discovered you're going to get dirty. I've discovered folks will talk about you that don't even know you. You will be misunderstood. And I want to let somebody know that if this ain't your calling, sooner or later, you will throw in the towel because this ain't what you are assigned to do. And I ain't even talking about all the other mess that comes your way with just everyday living. Paul could have, should have given up. If we were Paul, we would have cussed out the Corinthians, gone off on the Galatians, ridiculed the Romans, put a plague on the Philippians, Philippians, criticized the Colossians, thumped the Thessalonians, and eradicate the Ephesians. But Paul kept pressing because he had seen the risen Savior, Jesus Christ. So Paul says, I am exposed to death daily. But he was determined to live and go beyond what he thought he could do because if Jesus can rise to the occasion and overcome death, the grave, and sin, then Paul said, I can deal with the craziness of this world. Paul was despised, but it did not deter him. Paul was shipwrecked, but it did not stop him. Paul was attacked, but it did not annihilate him. Paul was in prison, but it did not impede him. Paul was abandoned, but it did not anger him. Paul was afflicted, but it did not 
astonish him. Paul was bruised, but it did not break him. Paul was criticized, but it did not cramp him. Paul was hated, but it did not hinder him. And that's why I like Paul, because Paul said, I've had an encounter with the risen Savior. And because he is alive, he has empowered me to do some things that I thought I never could do. That same resurrected Christ, that same risen Savior, the same Jesus that got up from the grave will give you power to deal with stuff that you thought you couldn't deal with. You see the mess you go through now pales in comparison to what Jesus had to experience. But I want to let you know that if you believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, then you need to be able to have the faith that God will empower you to overcome the issues in your life. How can you believe in a God who can raise Jesus from the dead but won't help you pay your bills? How can you believe in a Jesus that got up from the dead but you don't believe that God will sustain you in the midst of a trial? How can you believe that Jesus is risen but lack the faith to trust God when it comes to your money? How can you say Jesus is alive but you go through life as though you're dead? How can you say Jesus is risen but you think that you want to commit suicide? How can you say Jesus is alive, but you don't want to get away from, from death-dealing drugs? How can you shout about Jesus being resurrected, but you won't even get up from the mess of mediocrity? Uh, I'm closing. May the Lord bless you real good. Because it's hard for you to believe that God can do all of that, but won't sustain you in the midst of your crisis provide for you in your most dire time of need give you peace in the midst of your storm keep your enemies at bay and empower you to overcome the challenges that you face every day and every night I don't know about anybody else but I'm glad that Jesus is alive and I'm glad that I can shout about the resurrection because you won't find dead stuff among live stuff because Jesus is alive. And I got to give God praise because God got him up from the dead. Well, preacher, how did he wind up in the situation that he had to be resurrected? Well, just go back uh, a few days ago uh, that on a Friday afternoon your Lord and my Lord was suspended between two common thieves your Lord and my Lord was suspended between 
heaven and earth. Your Lord and my Lord had nails in his right hand, nails in his left hand, nails driven in his feet. And when they raised him up, they didn't realize they were making a mistake. Because Jesus said, and I, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. That was the first mistake that they made. And when they lifted your Lord and my Lord between the heavens and the earth, the sun put in his resignation papers and said two suns can't shine at the same time. The earth began to have convulsions and gave up the dead. The stars unscrewed themselves from the light sockets of heaven and became dark. The moon cut herself and had a celestial hemorrhage and dripped away in blood. But I'm so glad that a Roman soldier had to admit, surely, good God Almighty, this must be the son of the living God. They took your Lord. And they took my Lord and they placed him in Joseph's tomb. And he stayed in that tomb all night, Friday night. But something happened on that Saturday. It is believed by the apostles that he ascended into hell on that Saturday. And can I tell y'all what was going on in hell on that Saturday? The devil death and the grave were having a show enough party it was crazy down in hell they had music blaring with little Nas X sliding on a stripper pole straight to hell they had all kinds of crazy stuff going on in hell but a long line of people who had died before Jesus came on the scene were down in the Sheol in the grave, Adam and Eve were there, Abel was there, Noah and his wife were there, Abraham and Sarah were there, Isaac and Rebecca were there, Jacob and Leah were there, Rachel was there, Moses and Zipporah were there, Miriam and Aaron were there, Joshua was there, Rahab was there, Samuel was there, Deborah was there, was there, David was there, Solomon was there, Tamar was there, Esther was there, Isaiah was there, Jeremiah was there, Ezekiel was there, Daniel was there, Nahum was there, Hosea was there, Haggai was there, Amos was there, Zephaniah was there, Zechariah was there. The mother prophets were there. Their heads hung down. They look at all sad. But Jesus knocked on the doors of hell and said, Hey there, is anybody home? The devil said, Who in the hell is it? Jesus responded, The King of Glory, lift up your heads. 
lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. The devil said, who is the King of glory? The Lord said, I am the King of glory. I'm strong and mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, all ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors. I see the people lifting up their heads. in the tomb and early good God Almighty I said early 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 Sunday morning he got up with all power all power all power in above any situation, circumstance, reality that we face right now. Because he lives, you can rise above racism and sexism, police brutality, white supremacy, patriarchy. Because he lives, whatever the enemy has thrown your way, God says, I'm going to give you resurrection power to, to overcome. So you too can rise. Here's what I want you to understand. You ain't got to wait to die to experience the reality of resurrection. You got that right now because you're in Christ. You are risen in him. This, this is what separates this is what separates what we do as Christians from any and everybody else because he lives good one Scott that's a good one all fear is gone because I know he holds the future but hallelujah not only does he hold the future he holds the past as well as the present and life is worth living all because he lives and because he is risen I want to invite you if you're watching us right now what better time what better moment to make a connection with God through Jesus Christ, the risen Savior, the alive Savior, the coming back Savior. What better time than what we call Resurrection Sunday for you if you're watching us to say yes to Jesus Christ. Yes to the availability of resurrection power. Yes, so that you too can rise above whatever situation or circumstance. Peyton gave a great testimony about how God has empowered him to deal with depression. The only way that he's able to do that is because he too experienced resurrection power when he said yes to God through Christ. I want to, right now, 
give you the opportunity. I want to give you the opportunity to make this connection as far as your reality is concerned. If you're watching us right now on our various platforms, I want you to know that we're able to take in people in virtual space. You can have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, even right now. You're saying, well, Pastor, I ain't in no church. You ain't got to be in the church to get saved. As a matter of fact, you don't even have to be in the church building to even connect with us. I want you to know right now, God wants to do something in your life. So if you are watching us online, you can join us if you're on YouTube by emailing connect at spbc.org. And someone will get in touch with you if you want to be baptized. Uh, if you're watching us on Facebook, just type in salvation in the chat box on our digital ministers. We'll connect with you through Facebook Messenger to let you know next steps. If you're watching us on the website, just touch in, type in salvation when our digital ministers will reach out to you. If you're listening to us on the phone, email us at connect.spbcnc.org or call the church office at 704-334-5309. Leave your name and phone number. Someone will get in touch with you. Or if you want to unite with us through Christian Experience, you can just type in connect on Facebook or our website. Somebody will get in touch with you or email us again at connect at spbcnc.org. I want to lead you in a short prayer. And if that prayer convinces you and convicts you, I want you to make a decision right now. All heads bowed. And if you would, repeat this prayer after me. God, I thank you for sending Jesus Christ to die for my sins. I believe he died on a cross. I believe you raised him from the dead. I believe one day he's coming back. But until then, send your Holy Spirit into my life. Forgive me of all my sins. Help me be the person you want me to be. I surrender to you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, I pray this prayer. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer and you're sincere about that prayer, salvation is yours, eternal life is yours. Is it really that easy? Yep, because you're not saved through your works, you're saved through faith. And if you will follow those instructions that I just gave you, Go ahead right now, type in either salvation or type in connect to either join with us or to get baptized. Somebody's going to reach out to you before five o'clock tomorrow, let you know what the next steps are. We would love for you to be a part, first of all, of the Church of Jesus Christ. And secondly, we would love for you to be part of the tribe of St. Paul. We would love for you to do life with us. And I would love to be your pastor. And these men and women in virtual space would love to be your brothers and sisters. Amen. Amen. So go ahead right now. Go ahead right now, wherever you are. If that prayer was for you, type in salvation. If that prayer was for you, you want to join St. Paul, type in connect. Send an email. Call that number. Somebody's going to reach out to you. Amen. Well, 
We're getting ready to, on this Resurrection Sunday, we're getting ready to serve communion. This is the ordinance of the church. And what wonderful way to express this ordinance as far as on Resurrection Sunday. So I want you to do me a favor. If you would, get your elements right now. Get your elements right now. I'm going to ask that Reverend Bernie, if you would prepare to come and do the prayer as far as over the elements. And then we will move forward with serving the elements and taking the elements. So go ahead, get your elements right now, and I will do the same. Take of these elements. We want to make sure that you all have your element. Does everybody in here have their elements? Amen. Prior to his crucifixion, prior to his flogging, Jesus was in the upper room with his disciples. He took a loaf of bread, he lifted it toward heaven, he blessed it, and he broke it, saying, take, eat, this is my body that shall be given for you. Let us eat. Likewise, he took a common cup, and he lifted it toward heaven, and he gave thanks to his father. And then he told his disciple, drink all of it, for this is the blood of the new covenant that's going to be shed for the remissions of sin. Let us drink. Amen. The Bible says afterwards they sung a hymn. They went out into the Mount of Olives. We shall do likewise. My prayer is that you all have a Bless Resurrection Sunday. Thanks to our media team, our music ministry, our ministers, our adult ensemble. Thanks to all of you who have watched us. We pray that these services were a blessing to you. And now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with all exceeding joy. To only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forevermore. Take us out, Scott. Take us out. Take us out. <laughs> 